0: Wonderful, wonderful. All right, uh, while I'm trying to do this, someone am going need uh, Brother Yarn and Brother Hopper, a couple of you men, uh, uh, Brother Josh, if y'all could come up here. And um, I want need you to go over here and get this bench for me. And just, uh, we're going to put it back here so that the bar goes this way. All right, and um, Brother Carl, they may need you because they, they need a man over here to actually pick up something. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's their max right there. We need the yes, Ricardo. If you help and get that bench. right if you would just go ahead and put that uh, bar up on up on it and I got a few weights over here brother Carl if you could grab those for me (laughs) okay I think is that all of them or I have some more so you yes just put it right there on the floor Oh right, you set those to the side there,' cause. yes, sir, that's fine. All right. thought it'd be better to go ahead and get that all done. We um John chapter three, verse sixteen, is a very common verse. It says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life." You know, many churches today still preach and teach and talk about the fact that God loved the world, that God loves us, and this is what they teach. And that's and it's a wonderful thing because that's foundational. It's foundational for us to understand that God loves us. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's it's mighty good. And, And when you really look at yourself and you understand your sin, you understand your weaknesses, you understand your failures, your frailties, it is amazing how God still loves us. He really does. And and that's why when you hear me pray, I pray all the time, God, thank you for your mercy, your patience, your grace with us. Because it amazes me. It really does amaze me that, that incredible love that God has for us. And we hear much today in the churches today about love. God is love, and yes, he is love. And God does love us, and he so loved us. He didn't just love us. He so loved the world. That means everybody in it, amen? amen. Every one of us, he, he loves us all equally, and it's a wonderful thing. But then you go to John chapter 21, and... And we know that God loves us, and we know that our salvation comes because God loves us. And we see him addressing Peter here, and he's sort of saying, Peter, you know I love you, but do you love me? Because if you love me, you're going to do something for me. And it's really not for me. It's going to be for everybody else. And what he says is he said in verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And I and and a lot of people talk about what that what he means there, but I, I personally they just pulled up this great catch of fish, 153 great fish, and Peter had left, said I go a fishing. He had left Jesus to go back fishing. Okay, now you've got a net full of fish. I believe Jesus was looking and pointing right at him and said, Peter. Lovest thou me more than these? This is what you left me for. You know, you left me for something. If you let it lay there long enough, it's going to start stinking. But that's what, do you really love this more than me? And sometimes I, you know, you want to wave a a few dollars in front of somebody and say, did we really love that more than Jesus? But he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, okay. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. So, okay, if you love me, then you need to tell people about me. You need to feed my people. You need to help my children. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. And he saith to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. So, again, he's saying, If you love me, then do something about it. Amen. amen? You're afraid to say amen because it might be heading towards something I want you to do, right? You say, man, I'm not saying amen until I know where you're going, man. Now, the fact is, is that not, I'm not looking for anything except, I'm going to just tell you, God ought to, when you understand his love and when you understand what he's done for you, when you understand how good he's been to you, it's, forgive me, folks, it's Sunday morning, but it's more than just sitting at church we got neighbors we got family we got people that somehow we ought to take that love to them Amen. feed them he saith unto him the third time and you know this is kind of way God does us he came to me about three times over the those early years he came to me when I was uh, with my afro in my beard when I was watching Sheffi with my my girlfriend in a church and you all know, most of you have no idea what that is. Chef is an old uh, uh, film, the Christian film. But honestly, uh, that we watched that. God spoke to my heart that night. And he started asking me, I believe, do you love me? And if you love me, what are you going to do for me? And then it was uh, under a, a missionary named Jamie C. White in my little church out in Collierville. I'd uh, uh, never seen or heard of him since, but he came in, don't remember what he preached, but that night again, God said to me, I believe, do you love me, and are you going to serve me? He came to me finally when I left to go to Bible college one night uh, when I walked to Island, God said, do you love me, and will you serve me? And I was like Peter. Finally, I said, truly, I understand what you're saying. And many, and there are some churches, and I believe like ours, just like I'm doing right now, I believe that there are some churches that are still out there that are saying, hey, once Jesus saves you, let's do something with it. it. Amen. You get a new car, you want to drive it. Amen. Or maybe you don't. But you get a new car, you want to use it, You get you get a new suit, you want to wear it, you get... We got a new life. Let's do something with it. And so now, here's what we're going to do where most churches will never address. We're going to address something where most churches will never address. I want you to notice, he goes for 15 through 17, these verses, he says over and over again, and one day I'm going to be able to put these up here so we can just flash them back up there on two screens that I have, as long as you give enough money. And so I... Well, I'm going to put two screens up here. And we put these verses up there so I can go, bam, right back to them again. But 15 through 17, he says over and over, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then right immediately, verse 18, look at what he says. He said, we've just dealt with this, and I've asked you over and over, do you love me? And we've tried to solidify this, and you had to look in your own heart and say, do I really love him enough to serve him? And he says, now that we understand ourselves, Peter, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither whither thou wouldest not. say, what is this? Jesus immediately comes to Peter and says, If you truly love me, then you will serve me. But if you truly love me and serve me, evil is going to come. Trials are going to come. Jesus was driving home to the truth to Peter, that true love is an action, not just a word true love will suffer long through all the trials of life true love does not envy true love does not care whether someone else is used more true love is not filled with pride true love rejoices bears all things never gives up and endures all things first corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 through 8 says though i speak with tongues of men and of angels that have not charity i become as sounding brass of a tinkling cymbal And and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, and understand charity is by definition love to the extreme. He says, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up does not behave itself unseemly seeketh not her own is not easily provoked thinketh no evil rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth beareth all things believeth all things hopeth all things endureth all things charity neareth, never faileth charity is giving without expecting anything in return uh, uh, charity is is love But is more than It's brotherly love And when it says brotherly love That implies a love Enacted and applied Towards someone Not just an emotion And when Jesus was talking to Peter He said Do you love me? A love that is past an emotion. You know, there's a lot of people that will say, they get married and say, we're in love. No, that's an emotion that they have. If they really love each other, they do for each other. They serve each other. They meet the needs of each other. And that's what this charity really is. It's going past the emotion of love. It's the meeting of the needs of another person. Jesus wanted Peter to make a decision. Did he truly love with a love that would not fail? He's asking Peter, do you have a love that, will, that is a brotherly love, a love that will not fail when you come. Watch this now, when you come into trials. It is amazing. They say trials make a person bitter or make them better. Why is it that trials drive so many people away from God? Here's the reason, because most of our churches simply teach God loves you, okay? And it's going to be wonderful because God loves you and everything that you do, whatever you do, God's okay with because he loves you. Let me help you. He looked at Peter and said, do you love me? Okay, now God loves you, but do you love him? He said, if you love me, then do something for me. He said, and while you do something for me, Peter, I want you to understand, you're going to run into trials. Here's what most of our young Christians don't know. They don't know that trials are coming in their life. And they're blown out of water when they come. They're just, their whole boat is rocked because the trials came into the light. Am I telling the truth for the They come. You join the church and bam. I talked to him over the phone and, and, and they, they, they came to church and getting excited. I'm going to kill myself on that thing. He came to church and getting excited and he said, man, for the last two weeks in a row, it was everything. He started listing off everything under the world. Can I tell you, that's because, look, the old devil does not want you to stay in church. And if it's easier and more comfortable and and works out better for you not to come to church, then, hey, let's just go back to doing what we were doing. You say, well, wait a minute, then why does God allow these trials to come? We're gonna get there. If we will love and serve and help others to know this love that we know, then that's the love that Christ was asking Peter, a love that is sacrificial and self-sacrificing it is not just a fondness that's what peter had for him and if we don't we're not it's a whole different sermon if you go in and look at the different loves that that he's talking about there uh, peter's just saying Do you know i am fond of you i have an emotion for you yeah. and jesus said no 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 if you really love me you'll live for me Amen. now But finally, this true love, a love that serves, a love that is real and unfailing, this love will be followed by trials. This is what's not taught. The love will be followed by the trials. Jeff and Jen, you just joined the church, let me tell you. I don't know if it came this week or not, but it's coming. My brother, Tracy, he just about two weeks ago, He told me that, here's his words. He said, you know, what God has done and the things that I've learned and what God's doing in my life, he said, I would not go back and change everything that has happened to me. Well, that's a huge step of growth for him. Huge step, because he's been through a mess. I talked to him yesterday and he said, you know, everything that could go wrong this week's gone wrong you know why because he started to make a step of spiritual growth we've had many join our church in the last few months we've had quite a few come to church and trust Christ as Savior we've had some who uh, who have followed the Lord and believers baptism but I must warn you I would be I'm a failure if I don't warn you that with the joy and the love and look joy and love comes and come into church God has brought joy into my life Great joy, I have what everybody in this world would love to have. I've got a family serving God. I got young, I got daughters that every day of my life with this technology, they're ta- I don't know how they get anything done because they're talking to each other all the time and talking to us all the time. And it's always, bam, 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 and all these things. And, 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 and every catastrophe, one of, them, one of them's in the hospital now with a, uh, uh, our daughter, Howells Riley. she about five? Seven. Well, like I said, <laughs> I got her name right. And Riley, she's in the hospital because they got this virus, and the virus went into asthma, and she's in the hospital with that. And then right behind that, we got little Clark. How old Clark? Three. three and three. And so Clark, his older sister, Chloe. How old's Chloe? Five. And so Chloe opened the door, but let the door shut on his foot. One of those big church doors shut on his foot, broke his toe cut his toe all to pieces, and she's got a picture of him up there with a big smile. She said, with a broken toe, he's got that big smile. She said, then she put, that's because he's high on drugs. And so, now, you know, they just, all this, man, I'm thrilled, this great joy, this great excitement, this great love in this, what God has done to me and for my wife and for my family. It's all because we came to church 38 years ago. Everything that's changed about my life, it came under the teaching of the word of God. But I must warn you with the joy and the love and the excitement, soon comes the trials. Notice as soon as it was established that Peter had real love for Christ, a love that would work for others and to see others transformed, now he says, verily, verily, I say unto thee when thou was young. He said, Right now it's going good for you, Peter. But you're gonna run into a mess. Jesus warns Peter, trouble is coming. Jesus warns us today in John chapter fifteen, verses eleven through twenty, says, This is my commandment, that you love one another. So first of all, he remember, if you love him, then go love somebody else. As I have loved you, greater love hath no man than this. A man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. Watch this. If you do whatsoever I command you, Jesus expects something from us. But then he says this. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth. But I call you friends for all things. And look, we're not servants to Christ. We're friends. For I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. You have chosen me, but I you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. now watch. He goes to this: I love you, you should love me, you should love others, you should serve you should do for others. And then he goes, verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Understand it, folks. They don't like Christianity out there. Remember the word that I said unto you, he says, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they they will keep yours also. And then, uh, any man or woman that makes a step of faith and growth for God will come under attack from Satan and his demons. Satan wants you to go to hell. But if he has lost his chance at that, he will do all he can to destroy your life so that you reach no one else for Christ. Now, I'm going to try to use Jeremy. I want you to come up here real quickly. I'm going to try to show you an illustration of what we, what really happens in our Christian life. Jeremy, lay down on the bench here. And um, right now, Brother, Brother Hopper, I'm going, to just, uh, I'm going to spot him just for a second and, and here in just a minute. I'm, Okay, so here is most of us in the Christian life. got saved, and we start out to to go to church, and everything is good, and here you go. Take it, and it's, go ahead, press it. You know what? It's easy, you know? It's like, this is good. I like this. I enjoy serving God this way because it's no stress, no pressure, everything is wonderful, isn't it? He's already getting tired, I'm sure. All right. Now, Bill Hopper, if you take that 10 off of there, and we're gonna slip one of those 25s on. Now, most of our churches never wanna take you past the 10 pounds. It's like, let's make this nice, let's make this comfortable, let's make this easy, right? we want to feel good when we come in want to feel just as good when we go out matter of fact we feel better because we came in and it wasn't what we learned it was the fact that we came in y'all don't get that did you all right so all right okay so here we go though every once in a while somebody says well you know as a christian you know you ought to at least uh, uh you know come to church sunday night well okay I, I, you know i can add that on i can handle that a little bit Go ahead, Jeremy, I hope you can handle Sunday night. Oh, he can. He said, it's not that big of a deal because they really don't expect me to come every Sunday night. And they really don't expect me to tithe all the time so I can give some. And so this is pretty, pretty easy, okay? So, and that's honestly, he went up a little bit and he's, he's our normal Christian in the church right now. He's a young Christian. He got saved, and he's learned enough Bible, and he's learned enough things, and he comes to church kind of regularly. So he must be really good shape. Everything's going to be... And so long, folks, so long as this is all the weight and all the burden we ever have to carry, he's fine. Y'all understand? He's fine. But here's the real issue, though. we slip these off. If we're going to do what God wants, if we're going to do what he said, he said, if you love me, feed my sheep. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, here I have Mrs. Cummins over here, so faithful. have got her husband has just been through so much and struggling so much. But yesterday, you know, she's back out. Uh, for a bus route this morning. She's just thrilled to be at church, and she's been for probably 40 years running a bus route to bring kids to church. Amen. I don't know how old she is. She must be at least 50. Um, and and she, uh, but she goes, and she goes week after week after week to try to help somebody else. And the truth is, she, at her age, and what she's doing in her health, here's what she's doing. Let's put the 45s on there. Fact is, is that over life, and I'm going to show you what, the way she got to this point, but the truth is, I, you know, I bring her up and let her do this, but, but, uh, <laughs> but the fact is, is that she spiritually, is able to, to press this. That's right. She's spiritually is able to handle this. Now, how did she get to the point where she'd be able to handle this? Let's go ahead, Jeremy. Well, she just decided, I'm going to serve God. Ooh, <laughs> a little bit of a struggle. But watch that, she did it. Go ahead. All right. You say, how did, how, did, how did she spiritually get to the point that she could press all that weight? Here's the truth that most people never see in the life that Christ is trying to teach us. It's what's called in weightlifting a negative. Did you just see with Jeremy that... Uh, he struggled a little bit to get that with the plate on, but we just threw on 50 more pounds. How many of you think probably he's not getting that up? Okay. Now, I'm kind of abusing Jeremy because it, 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 the truth is it's not so much strength with a free bar like this. It's a lot in your, your ability to balance and a lot of things like that that have, have to do here. But but just for the lesson I want to show you how a Mrs. Cummins, Peggy Cummins, got to the point where at her age, she's spiritually able to lift more than most people in the church half her age. It's because she faced the negatives of life. For folks, they say in weightlifting that if you will lift negatives, you'll do the negatives. That's the fastest way to grow in strength. What's a negative? The negative is much is more than you can bear, more than you can lift. And the truth is, you're not trying to press it. What we're going to do is we'll lift it off and give it to Jeremy, and he's going to fight it down. He's gonna fight it all the way down, the best he can to handle it. But can I tell you, it's more than he can handle. We're gonna find that out. Watch this. Okay, okay Jeremy, you ready? We're gonna we're letting go. It's yours. It's yours. How you doing, Jeremy? I wish you could see his face. Okay, now just, Jeremy. Press it off of you. It's not working, is it? It's not going to go anywhere. He can keep straining until his head pops off, but it, it's not going to go anywhere. But wait a minute. Is there any way for him to get this weight off of him? Yeah, because our Lord will not put you through more than you can bear. And that word bear means to withstand. He won't put you through more than you can withstand. He will put you under the negatives. But watch this. When that negative is about to crush you, he's the one that will lift it off. The fastest way to grow strong, the truth is physically, if you gave me a month, two months with Jeremy, he would be pressing that weight easily. And one of the ways that I would do that is I'd put negatives on him. And I'd make him fight that way. And can I tell you what happens when you fight that negative negative? and you have to go to your spotter and say, man, I've had guys when I've done this that looked at me and said, help, help, because I just let it lay on them because I want them to understand you can't do anything with this. It's more than you can bear but God doesn't put you through more than you can bear. So what's the answer? He's there waiting for you to cry out for his strength. And as we carry that weight, it's amazing. Three months from now, we'd be putting that weight on. And Jeremy right now is getting real nervous. (laughs) And I'm more nervous than he is because I just thought probably we're too weak to get it off of him. But the more negatives that we do with him, the more he's able to deal with. And the more he's able to handle, the more negatives that we're going to put on it. Because the stronger he gets, the greater the negative comes in our life. You say, why would God do that? Because he loves you. You don't get stronger. Anybody that's ever lifted know this if we strip that back down and put the tens back on there and tell Jeremy, go for the next three months lifting that bar with the tens on there and you just go ahead and do those reps, can I tell you, he won't be any stronger. Oh, he might be toned and he might be, increase his endurance a little bit. He won't be any stronger. How's he going to get stronger? We got to put more weight on the bar. And when the negative of that weight gets on the bar and we work him and we put it on more than he can bear and and he fights with that and fights with that, he's tearing the muscles. And can I tell you, it's painful at times. And it's hard at times. But you're getting stronger if you're willing to fight the battle. And God's not letting you fight it alone. We're there with him to fight it. He's not alone. We're here. We're not going to let you die, son. You're not going to crash and burn under this burden. Whatever you're going through, guess what? God can get you through. You say, man, I feel like it's about to suffocate me. I don't think I can make it. I can still receive my, my little girl when her husband passed away. It's like she couldn't breathe. It was such a weight on her. It was such a burden on her. But thank God. That negative, she fought it and she turned to God. And she's strong enough now that she's able to go and help other people, other young ladies that have lost their husbands. The negatives of life are not a bad thing. God allows Satan to bring him into our life because he could stop it. And we would never grow. We'd never get stronger. You know, you can sit down, Brother Hopper. Go ahead, Jeremy. That's all right. Thank you. God does not allow the negative because Satan is stronger, because he does not care. He knows that we will grow stronger and strongest when we face the negatives of life and continue to live by faith and hope in Christ. It's going through these things that make us stronger. It's going through these things that make our marriage stronger. It's going through these things that make our our children stronger. I've never, my kids over in Africa, I I can't even comprehend. it. just like there's not a day that they're not battling some kind of evil, some kind of disease, some kind of something that's going on. But can I tell you, I see more joy, more peace in my daughter than I have ever seen in her. I've seen more spiritual growth than I've ever seen in her. And you know where that came? Has come through the last 10 years of negatives that have come into our life. If they'd gone, and some of them did, they went to the mission field and they set up a place and, and they had little America there. Everything, you know, was air conditioned. Everything was nice and everything was great. And two years later, they were no stronger spiritually than they were when they arrived. Most of them left africa after two years or less because any little thing shook them and rocked their boat and during those same two years michael moved them into a house that had no air conditioner except in one room and when it when it worked it had, into a place that had water when it worked and and, had, and to a place that had electricity when it, it worked, which meant maybe 12 hours on and, and 36 hours off and, and sometimes two or three days, honestly, without water, even to flush a toilet. You say, why would he put them through that? He didn't. He felt like God said you got to reach people nobody else wants to reach, and if you're going to reach them, you got to be strong enough to do it. And you won't get strong sitting under the air conditioner. My daddy's told me for years, so many people are dying in the heat now because they live under an air conditioner all the time. He said, they're not used to it. You watch this. You work out in the sun. you You don't need an air conditioner. It's cool just getting out of the sun. But you sit in the air conditioner all the time and you walk outside and you die because the ease doesn't make us stronger, it makes us weaker. And God says, I love you so much, I want you stronger. I once wrote a song, we were going through some horrible battles in the ministry and in my life, and I sat and listened to my preacher and he talked about faith, hope, and despair, and I wrote this song on the way home. Joe, about to tell you, I didn't even write it down, I sang it, and then I had her write it, I think, in the car as we were driving. I made up the song on the way home, and years later, my daughters and I recorded it, but it's, it says this. We just simply called it the faith song. It said, when I began to live for Jesus, faith was all I had. There were many good times, and some they called bad. But as the battles, they lingered, and faith was almost gone, I just looked up to Jesus, and then hope carried on. I still know that he can. I always knew that he could, and i hold on day by day just to see if he would. It is hope when you believe God can work miracles still. It is faith when you can't see, but believe that he will. God, give me faith to believe, faith and not despair, faith to know you will, faith to know you're there. In my burdens, O Lord, I have faith in you still. Hope says you can, but faith says you will. Who will join me in this walk of faith? Not a walk of ease or financial prosperity necessarily, but a walk of faith. That God is good all the time, even in the trials. Do you believe that? God is good all the time, even in the trials. Who will trust this God who can truly make all things come together for good and work together for good? He's a God that loves us, but that God that loves you Throws every one of us on that bench. And he says, "If, if you love me, serve me. But when you serve me, I'm going to show you something. You're going to run into the trials. Run into the negatives. But I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. I will always be your spotter. God's always there. So when you feel like it's about to crush you, he's there. Understand it's not there to hurt you. It's there because God loves you. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, I